Hey guys, it's Tats here from Castagra, and welcome to the Specified Growth Podcast. Each week, I talk to leaders and experts about how to overcome adversity, grow massive organizations, and how to create meaningful change in the building materials and coatings industry. Today's guest is Brian Hess. He's the president and CEO at the Pavement Group. So, Brian, thank you for coming on the show. My pleasure, man. Thank you for having me, brother. So, I mean, I, I came across your profile before. I don't remember what. I think it may have been Instagram. And then I saw you more visibly in Clubhouse. Yeah, you're, you're in many places in social media. Like, when do you start using social media? Honestly, I've been using it for a while, but intentionally, I've been using it intentionally and for business purposes and kind of what, what the kids call personal brand purposes for about three years. I love that. <laughs> intentionally, I know, I know social media can go in different directions. So I'm going to try to unpack a little bit what you do. And I, I got a sense of what you do and what you're involved in. So your core business is you have an asphalt business, contracting business. Is that correct? That's correct. The pavement group. Yep. Yeah. So you started that three years ago? Correct. Actually, in three days, it'll be our three-year anniversary. Ooh, that's beautiful. Now, was that something that just just happened? Was it like delivered planning? How did that come about? Yeah. So I've been in the industry for about 10 years. So I, I was in corporate America working in the technology space. I relocated from my hometown of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, down to South Florida. And one of my very first appointments in my corporate America job happened to be with a contracting company. And the owner of that company was originally from Pittsburgh. Mm. And, you know, through our conversation in that meeting, he saw something in me and was like, man, you should quit your job and come work for me. And I was like, <laughs> oh, man, you're crazy. I got a pretty good gig in corporate America. And, and a year later to the day, man, I, I picked up and left corporate America and jumped into private business. And so that was an asphalt company as well. And so I learned the ropes and figured out kind of what was going on there. Had a couple of children in, in South Florida, moved home to Pittsburgh. And eventually, you know, I always kind of knew that I would do my thing at some point. To be honest, I put it off as long as I could, but there was because there's a fear factor to doing that. But eventually I figured out that the only way to kind of create your own culture and your own vision and make those dreams that you've always had become a reality is to take the risk and take the jump and do it yourself. So yeah, that's a that's a short version of the backstory. Yeah. So now now you got me curious because you're in a, I mean, I guess seemingly cushy technology job and you got pulled into an asphalt business. What was that pitch? What did that pitch sound like? Because I know, I think within construction and trades, always trying to find great people to come in, create businesses, work in it. What was the pitch? I'll tell you what, man, that is a great question and something that I think both of us will learn something from because something that I knew, but probably didn't realize until you just asked me that question. I actually took less money than what I was making in corporate America to do the job. And it was... It was really a pitch of something different, something that I had a little more influence over, I guess, like, you know, that I could make more my own than what I could in corporate America, right? There's a very structured approach to how you exist in that corporate setting. And so for me, man, it was the excitement of being able to build something or influence something myself. And so 
And I, by the way, knew nothing about asphalt and concrete when I stepped into the industry, which was really a blessing because I say this all the time, but like I had to actually ask people what their problems were because I couldn't talk about all the technical stuff. (laughs) And that helped me really understand what problems really needed to be solved in our industry. But it was to answer your question specifically, it was more selling of a vision than it was selling what he had to offer necessarily, right? It was like the idea of what it could be was bigger than what it was at that moment. If I was comparing apples to apples from, again, from a security standpoint, from a just perception standpoint, the corporate job made more sense. But I had inside of me an itch that needed to be scratched, which was I wanted to create something. I wanted to be part of something that had some freedom to it. And I felt like that freedom was probably more achievable in this setting than it was in corporate America. Wonderful. That is a great story. I love it. So when did you know it was the right time to go off on your own? I'm still not sure of that, brother, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest. But you know, I, I think I think there comes a time, man, where you you look at yourself and you say, like, I either need to do this or I'm going to have some regrets. Like I need to, I need to go and do this. And and so I remember listening to some self-development type of stuff, some people that I looked up to and followed. And I remember them saying like, I can't remember who it was, but someone said like the worst case scenario, man, you can always go back to whatever you were doing before. You'll always, if you're a talented person, you'll always be able to find a job. You'll always be able to do something different. And it came to a kind of a crossroads where I knew that I either needed to make the decision or just forget about that dream. And for me, man, I was just telling somebody this earlier this morning, from the time I was a little boy, man, I used to tell people what I was going to do. And they all used to kind of like smile. Oh, that's cute. Like little, little kid kind of sharing what they think they're going to do. And even as a little boy, man, I remember thinking like to myself, like these people are laughing, man, and I'm not joking right? Like I knew in my heart, like that I was going to do something different than everybody else. Like I always knew that. I always knew that there was something I was going to do that would, would make me stand out. And into becoming an adult, I think that a lot of times we silence those voices because we think, oh man, well, real life got me right now. I'm in this and I've got children and responsibilities and this and that. And we, we silence that voice a lot of times. And for anybody out there that's watching this or listening to this, don't ever let that voice in your, in your heart, in your head be silenced because it's the greatest joy in the world, man, to be able to create something from nothing. And to be able to, for me now, I have four children and a wife. And for me to be able to show them, to set an example for them of, man, anything's possible. If you are motivated enough and you work hard enough and you, you do right by other people and you you chain together a bunch of days that you can be proud of. You can do anything you want in this world. And for me, man, it's, it's cool to be able to look back three years ago and say, we created something from nothing. And that's the definition of entrepreneurship, right? Creating something from nothing, solving a problem that you can exchange money for the solution for and doing that as many times as you can. And the faster you do it, the more they're willing to pay. That's kind of the concept of entrepreneurship, right? And being able to be that example to my kids is one of the biggest things for me to show them, literally, you can do anything you want and you can create something from nothing and you don't have to go and work for somebody else to be able to make a living. You can do it yourself. 
you can work with a company that's entrepreneurial and, and that can be kind of a stepping stone for you, or you can exist within that company and be extremely valued. It's all personal preference, right? But I want them to be able to make that decision for themselves. Yeah. I mean, I have kids too, so I can relate to trying to be a, the best example that you can possibly be. So, so going back to when you first kind of landed in the industry and you're asking those questions, that advantage of being an outsider, what were some of the key insights that you uncovered? So it's wild, man, because our entire business model at the Pavement Group today is built around solving those exact problems through technology solutions, right? And so my background was in technology. And so I brought that into an industry that is not known for that. And we were able to solve those problems. And the things that, that I heard most frequently, man, were there's a lack of transparency. There's a lack of detail. There's not great communication. They don't do what they say they're going to do. I don't really know what's going on on my project. I don't have enough information to be able to make the right decisions. And so these are the things that I heard over and over and over again. And, and really, no one really ever mentioned like the quality of work or you know, I have a hard time finding this. It was always in the details, right? It was in the lack of process or the lack of details or the lack of, again, transparency. And so literally, Ben, when we built our company, we just said, how do we, how do we build a process and a customer experience that takes all of the biggest fears and pains away from people and makes it easy for them to choose us as their contractor? And so we've done that, man, from lead to invoice, from lead to somebody sending us a check. The entire process is transparent, trackable, and we give shared control to the client, right? And so I think that's kind of the future of where everything's going, right? When you look at Uber or DoorDash or Amazon or any of these companies, why are they successful? Because we feel like we're part of the process, right? We know what's going on and we're up to speed and we know when our product that we paid for is coming and we know what it's going to be like when we get it because there's great videos that show us what it's going to be like. And so in the construction industry, I think we don't do enough of that. And so th those are the things that really we're trying to solve for. And it all started with me being able to ask the questions because I didn't, I didn't have a choice how I could best serve those clients when I didn't necessarily have the knowledge of the technical side of things to solve, to be able to speak about that. And uh, what a gift, man, to spend a year kind of clueless, if you will, asking all the right questions because I didn't have a choice. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. I love that. So just from a user experience point of view, let's say it's, uh, I guess, an owner that sort of contracted your firm, they would have some, would they have some sort of dashboard that has project milestones that they follow is that is that the experience yeah yeah so we're working on some of the implementation of this now but our goal is once we assign you know if you request something from our company and that gets assigned to a person that's going to handle your project you would get a video from that person that kind of walks you through what the customer experience is going to be like and then depending on if we have to assess your property We've got some visibility into how they can manage, whether it's one property or thousands of properties, they can manage kind of the inventory of assets that they have in their control, and they can see visibility through that. And then all the way through, if they award us that project, then from planning to completion, there's a portal that they can log into and see exactly what we're doing. So one of the things that we say is, 
we don't just check every box along the way through the power project management portal. And so that includes whether it's permitting on the front end, the planning and execution, who on our team is involved in planning and executing their project, all the way through to the on-site stuff, what's happening morning, afternoon, and evening on their project. And they're getting live, up-to-date photos, videos, et cetera, that give them a look into exactly what's going on on their project. Very cool. All right. I love that. Now you have, I think you have a contractor school as well that you run. How does that work? So that was founded right around the same time as the payment group. And the, and the concept behind that was payment groups a nationwide company. So in the markets where we don't self-perform the work, we partner with other contractors to be able to get that work done. And so for me, I had a strong sales marketing leadership background. And so I wanted to be able to help those contractors in the local markets that help us kind of grow and scale their business. And that evolved into me seeing a gap in some of the training and some of the structure that people have. Many construction companies, man, that are successful, when you go back and look at kind of how things evolve for them, there's usually a period or several periods where they had explosive growth. And so what happens typically in the construction industry is we throw a bunch of people at that growth, right? Like we got, we create a bunch of problems because we sell a bunch of stuff. (laughs) We throw a bunch of people at the problem. They're untrained. And so the culture of the business and everything within it kind of shifts because now you've got untrained people kind of existing within your business. And that, that creates a, just a whole complicated mess of problems. Right. And so I thought, man, if we could be a solution that just helped be able to train and coach these people that are maybe new to these businesses, and we could put some structure to that training and really connect the community of contractors that are out there to each other, where whether it's employees, leaders, or owners, they're able to kind of not just learn, but also network and coexist within a community of contractors, we could really put a dent in that problem, right? We could really solve that problem. And so over the last three years, I think we've got about 310 contractors in our programs right now. And we continue to evolve that. We've got some events coming up. They're in person with education and inspiration and all that kind of stuff that, that helps contractors just, just feel a little more comfortable existing in this crazy world we live in of the construction industry. We face a lot of problems, man, that are unique to our industry, whether it be weather or equipment breakdowns or materials. or There's a lot of unique challenges that we have that other industries don't face. And so the more we build a community around that and the more education that we all have, I think the better we all do. And so that's, that's our mission at Top Contractor School is to help contractors solve those problems. That's awesome. You're solving your own problem and you stumbled onto something. And I guess it serves as a training and vetting ground for some of your future partnerships. 100%. Yeah, it's, it's, a great, it's a great way for us to meet new contractors and also be able to give back to those contractors and again, help them grow and scale their businesses. You know, we've got companies in top contractor school that have multiplied by three, four, five times their revenues over a period of of a couple of years, just by implementing the proven system that we've used to scale our own company. Wonderful. That makes sense. Now for what you're doing in asphalt, like we're in roofing and there's certain misconceptions from people that are not in that roofing industry. Now for the asphalt industry, people, for people that are not in it, what are the common misconceptions you run across? Dude, I was just having this conversation about <laughs> five minutes ago. That's funny. 
So I, I think number one, man, and this, this cascades all industries, but I think it's really one that we're trying to tackle and take on for our little section of it here in the asphalt space is I think there's a misconception of how people view it from the outside, yeah. that it's probably still the industry that it was 20 years ago, where there was a lot more manual labor. There was a lot more shoveling in the manual part of things. And so there's so much advancement in equipment and the way that we do things and the way that we plan and execute jobs that I think a lot of people would be more interested in our industry if they really knew what it was like, right? If they could really get a look inside of these companies. And so that's one of the things that in the top contractor inner circle group, we've got a core group of all leaders and owners in the, in the industry. And so we're on a mission to do more on the video side of things and storytelling side of things to be able to get a look inside of these companies and really attract, to your point earlier about being able to attract talent into our industry, it's real simple. We just have to tell a better story. We have to we have to show the story that's going on better so that people can connect with it and say like, man, I, I could see myself in that company, right? Because I think people have a perception of kind of what it is and then they get into our industry and it's completely different. It's a much more professional and much more advanced industry than people see it as from the outside. Mm, I get that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Now, before the call, you sort of mentioned you're working on some sustainability side when it comes to asphalt. Hey, uh, fill us in on that. Yeah. So um, we've got some, some things that are brewing here with number one, using a more sustainable product. So in our space, we've got what's called recycled asphalt products. So a wrap percentage that you can use in asphalt, which is basically you're using old asphalt as the aggregate within the new asphalt and being able to increase that to a higher percentage. So using a more sustainable product there. And then there's a guy that we just had on our podcast recently, the pavement group podcast, who is working on using waste plastics as the aggregate inside of asphalt. And so, you know, that's a little bit further out, but those sustainability things are important for a variety of reasons. And we want to be on the forefront of that innovation that's coming to our industry. It's, it's coming regardless of whether people want to adopt it or not. And so we want to embrace that and be at the forefront of it. And so we're working on some things there that I think will be unique that we can offer our customers. And a lot of our customers are the bigger corporations that are into those sustainability things and into the green movement. And so we want to bring those to as many customers as we can. Awesome. So I, I, you know, I mentioned, I saw you on Clubhouse. You're using that platform a bit. What do you see the potential of platforms like that in terms of growing the influence and, and sending out the message? How does that incorporate everything you're doing? Well, the question you just asked me about sustainability, I met the guy that is doing the waste plastics asphalt. He I'm on the champions crew. So the moderator crew with breakfast with champions. And we, we get a thousand to 2000 people every single morning. It's from 5. AM to 11. AM. And that gentleman jumped on at 5. AM when I am the moderator. And he was the very first person to ask me a question. And so the proof is, is in right. What ends up happening. From it. And so the connections there are endless. I mean, you know, when you think about, having the ability to connect person to person with some of the highest level entrepreneurs and world changers out there. It's significant, man. There were two guys from our 
breakfast with champions crew that actually just did a town hall with Andrew Yang, who's going to end up hopefully being the, the new mayor of New York city mm-hmm. last Sunday night. And so when you're able to connect on a one-on-one basis with people at that level, whether it's business life or otherwise, it's a massive impact, right? And so a lot of people look at those platforms and say, oh man, that's a waste of time or it's, you know, you can't spend that much time on it. And I think for every person, that's going to be unique as to what they can do, what they can't do, what's different for me than it is for other people that have maybe more free time than I do. But what I know is this, is that what we commit to consistently, whether that's LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram, and we exist in those communities and Clubhouse being the same, when we do something consistent and we show up consistently, we start to build a new community within those places. And those communities, man, have changed my life, have changed my business. Some of the best friends that I have have, been, have come from those types of communities and those types of platforms. And so I think that people don't realize that digital transformation has already happened. And so for our industry specific, for those people who are listening to this that are in construction, in roofing, in asphalt, you you guys got to get in the race because I'm in the process of writing a book right now called The Race to Become a Digital Contractor. And I firmly believe people that aren't in that race right now that are lagging behind or that don't believe that this digital thing is going to impact our industry the way that it already has or the way that it will, they, they're going to be left behind. And so what I'm trying to do in writing that book and relaying that message to people is to wake people up and to help them realize that, man, there's so much out there that makes your life easier, that'll grow your business, that'll make the connections. You know, you're one person away from changing your business or changing your life, and you can't make that connection if you're not showing places. Awesome. Wonderful message. I love it. Is there any, I mean, you kind of laid out a very strong message at the end. Is there anything I didn't cover that I should have asked you about? I'm on the board of a digital marketing company. And so a lot of, a lot of this concept of technology and integration into our industry, I think is, you know, it's all leveraged by this that is being, that has been created in many other industries that we always seem in construction, like we're the late adopters, you know, to a lot of things, or we wait to see if it's really going to take hold before we start getting to it. And whether it's the world of digital marketing or the technology that you need to run your business, those things are really important. And so I think that creating those connections, and I ended up on the board of this digital marketing company, uh, Lead Revenue, as a result of me seeking out those connections, right? I used this example the other day, the the guy that owns the digital marketing company that I'm part of, he spoke at the same conference as I did. And there was two other guys, one of them works with me and another one is in my inner circle group of top contractor school. And I kind of challenged both of them. I said, you know, we were all three at the same event. And this guy that owned this company put his phone number up on the screen as part of his presentation. I said, the difference is I'm the only person that used the phone number. And so I challenge everybody that's listening or watching and put yourself out there because what you don't know, somebody else does. And so as you pursue everything that you need to learn in the world, you're going to make a lot of friends. You're going to find the solutions to your problems. Your business is going to get better. Your life's going to get better. And you're going to meet a lot of cool people along the way. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that, right? I wouldn't even be talking to you if it wasn't for that. So we wouldn't be sharing this information if I didn't put myself out there and you didn't also. 
And so I think that that's what we need. People in the construction industry that have a voice to step up and step into what it is that, that it takes for them to move themselves, their business and our industry forward. Wonderful message, Brian. Thank you so much. I'm sure that the audience got a ton out of it. I appreciate you, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Specified Growth Podcast today. I also want to thank the listeners who are working hard each day to change the world to make it a better place. Make sure you check out youtube.com forward slash cats talks for video of today's podcast. Hit the subscribe button for upcoming episodes, entrepreneurial tips, and more. See you over there. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.